Hey, dear saints, you're listening to Preaching Christ Crucified on Double-Edged Sword. Sermons from Pastor Kilgo, preached at Redeemer Lutheran Church in Lawrence, Kansas. We pray that as you hear God's word, you would be strengthened in faith and love and rejoice in the joy of the Lord's promises and kindness. In the name of Jesus, amen. Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Your saints, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. Jesus came and stood among them again and said, Peace be with you. One of the main gifts that the Lord bestows upon his church after his resurrection is the gift of peace. He repeats it, in fact, three times to the disciples gathered in fear in the upper room. It is a promise that he regularly gives to us throughout the scriptures, and it is one of the most prominent themes throughout. But what does it mean? What does it mean when Jesus gives us peace? What does peace mean? What is it? Quite often we get in our minds that peace is some sort of inner good feeling. We feel like everything's fine. We feel a sort of tranquility in our inner being. And while this might be a form of peace or more precisely a result of peace, it is not peace itself. Peace As Jesus is talking about it, as the scriptures use it, peace is the language of warfare. Jesus has gone to war. He's fought against our enemies, as we heard last week, of sin and death and the devil. He's fought against our sin and won, and so we stand forgiven. He's fought against our death and won, and so we are immortal. He's fought against the devil and won, and so we no longer fear his accusations. Jesus, in making this proclamation, peace be with you, is telling the disciples that the battle has been fought and won, and they are victors. This is, in fact, the fundamental proclamation of the gospel itself. It's what the gospel at its core actually is. It's good news, not generally, not generically, but good news of winning a battle. Two armies go to war. And when one is one, the messengers from each run back to their respective cities and they give the news. One's good news, one's bad news. The army that's lost gets the news, you lost, you need to get out of Dodge as quick as you can because the town's about to be ransacked. The ones that get the good news, the gospel, are the ones that are victorious and are at peace. And this is the same for us. Jesus has fought against our enemies, and Jesus has won. And so we get this good news that the battle is over, and we are victorious, and we are at peace. So Jesus tells us, peace be with you. To be at peace means that we are no longer the Lord's enemies. We should recognize in this something rather amazing that we are, in our sinfulness, God's enemies. 
God doesn't just have enemies out there. God has enemies in here, in my own flesh. I am, in my conception, an enemy of God. I am, in my sin, an enemy of God. And so when Jesus goes to war at the cross to fight against his enemies, I should expect that I would also be destroyed. Not just sin, not just the devil, not just death, but me too. This is one of the things then that makes this peace of God such a wonderful reality for us. We are God's enemies in our sin. We should be destroyed, but we're not. Because God, instead of going after us, goes after that which has separated us from him. It is the lying of the serpent that drives Adam and Eve from the voice of God, and it is the lying of the serpent still today that does the same for us, driving us to believe things that God never said and to not believe the things that he has. It's the desire, the sinful desire born out of listening to this different voice that drives Adam and Eve to transgress God's command regarding the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and it is that same sinful desire born out of listening to a different voice that drives us to listen to live in a manner contrary to the Lord's desire and command and will for us. It's death produced from rebelling against God that would separate Adam and Eve from the Lord eternally, and it is death for us as well that still sits as an enemy, constantly striking fear into our hearts and minds. God has enemies right from the beginning, enemies that persist to this day. The devil is an enemy of God. Sin is an enemy of God. Death is an enemy of God, and we also are an enemy of God. God fights against his enemies to destroy them and to bring them to nothing, so we should expect that we are destroyed too, but we're not. Because right at the outset, right after the fall, God gives these promises, and one of those promises is that we, as his enemies, would not be destroyed, that he will go after his enemies, but specifically he will go after the enemies that have made us into enemies of God. That even though we are his enemy, he knows that this has come about especially through the work of the devil. And so he promises to Adam and Eve, I will put enmity between you and the woman, between her offspring and your offspring. He will crush your head and you will bruise his heel. That is to say, the serpent will be both your enemy and my enemy, and I will destroy him. And so... This comes to fulfillment in the death of Christ. For while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us and that while we are still sinners, Christ died for us. Since, therefore, we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies... We were reconciled to God by the death of his son. Much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Jesus, while we are still sinners, while we are weak, while we are ungodly, even while we are his enemy, dies for us in order that we would be reconciled, in order that we would no longer be his enemy, but set at peace. And in order then that we would know this peace, that we would live in it, 
The Lord Jesus gives to his church the wonderful gifts of the sacraments. He gives us our baptism where we are washed and redeemed and sanctified and set at peace with God. He gives us the blessed sacrament of the altar where he feeds us with his body and his blood so that we are set at peace with God. He gives us, especially in this text this morning, the wonderful gift of the absolution so that we would hear as clearly as possible that our sins are forgiven, that Christ has died, that Christ has been raised, we are reconciled to God, and we are no longer his enemies, but are at peace. This is then our great comfort, that we are at peace with God, no longer his enemy, because he has fought at the cross against all the things that would separate us from God, all the things that would make us God's enemy, and he has prevailed and declared us to be in him also victorious. Our sin is born in his body on the tree so that we stand not guilty but forgiven before God. The devil is crushed by the sacred heel of Jesus so that we are no longer bound to his house, co-enemies against God with him, but brought into the Lord's house to be an enemy of the devil and a friend of God. Death, our persistent enemy, is destroyed by the death of he who is both the resurrection and the life, so that we too have this blessed reality that in the same way our Lord Jesus has slept in the tomb and was raised to life and immortality, so too will we. And in this, we have peace, not as the world gives, but as Christ gives, in a wonderful and eternal way. And this whole section from Romans that we heard a moment ago begins in this way, that peace with God is ours because Jesus has lived and Jesus has died and the Holy Spirit has then been poured into our hearts to grant us faith in that reality. Jesus was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus lives. The victories won. This shall be my confidence. Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. In the name of Jesus, amen. In the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thanks for listening to Preaching Christ Crucified on Double-Edged Sword, sermons by Pastor Kilgo at Redeemer Lutheran Church in Lawrence, Kansas. We'd like to invite you to join us for church, Sundays at 10 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. We also have Bible study at 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings and at other times throughout the week. Please visit our website at redeemer-lawrence.org for more information. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time.